Hi everybody, this is Michael Jackson from Elite Sports Marketing. I hope you're well. I'm here with John Scammell of Chelsea Football Club today. Uh, hi Joe, how are you? I'm good. Thanks Michael. Um, thanks for having me on. No, no, listen, fantastic. Look, uh, the, the first question I have to ask um, is what is it like to work for the best football club in the world? Um, it, I, I, I might dispute that, but we're, we're trying our best. Um, no, it's been fantastic. I've been at the club for, for nine years, um, having spent the first two or three years of my career down the road at Fulham, at Craven Cottage. Um, so, yeah, working at Chelsea's given me some fantastic moments. Um, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for some of the experience, probably the highlight um, being as a staff member, but also, you know, a fan yourself. Uh, was Munich 2012 right. um, and some successes that we've had uh, ever since so so yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great place to be and I'm, I'm very fortunate to find myself doing the role that I am doing at the moment. And what is that role so you've been there uh, you've been there for uh, four years now is that right I think in total at Chelsea? Well no I've, I've been there actually a lot longer I've been there nine years been in my right, current so nine role. years um, but four yeah. years in your sorry in your current role yeah so so I started off um, nine years ago as a junior member of the team initially supporting the football side of the business focusing on ticketing uh, membership match day experience stadium tools in a, in a very small nimble team but quickly started to take ownership of uh, the junior junior blues proposition called bridge kids at the time uh, and develop the stadium experience at Stanford Bridge primarily on match day. Um, during the period of, of uh, the Bridge Kids, uh, the work role with Bridge Kids, we developed partnerships with Pop Jam, Roblox. Uh, we actually even appointed David Louise as our junior ambassador, which was, a, which was a highlight at the time. Um, Sounds like the right uh, kind of guy to do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. David, David was great. David was great. Um, but also focusing on the match day, we transformed the match day experience at Stanford Bridge. And as a fan yourself, hopefully you saw some of the, the kind of evolution, the changes of that experience over the years um, into an award-winning proposition. We launched a games maker program. We developed some in, in bowl uh, atmosphere generators, some family stand initiatives, uh, and a new activation space at the stadium um, as well. I was also lucky in that period to go on a number of pre-season tours to Asia and the US. Uh, and spent a lot of time with various stadium operators and attending events in the US um, to kind of benchmark and seek best practice, which probably led me into the role that I'm, I'm doing now, that kind of international um, exposure. Um, yeah. yeah, so in terms of what I'm doing now, um, about three or four years ago, we shifted a lot of our focus into the international market. Uh, and I took on the role in the global fan engagement team, initially looking at the EMEA region, um, but more recently overseeing our, our whole international uh, market strategy. So in terms of day-to-day -day role, um, we focus really on winning fans, building advocacy and raising awareness uh, of the club in, in our international market. So I suppose we endeavour to connect with every single Chelsea fan wherever they are in the world. Um, and a large part of the role focuses on serving the right content to the right people in the right regions, um, which may sound simple. Um, but connecting with our fans in their own language and serving the relevant content is probably no longer just a nice to have, it's a minimum. Um, yeah. and what we, you know, what we need to keep our millions of fans around the world um, connected. And of course, it gets a bit more complicated when you consider the language, the cultural, the social differences across regions such as China, Vietnam, India, US, Japan, Russia, um, 
Thailand, Indonesia, uh, not to mention South America uh, and some African countries as well, all regions which we serve local content to um, across multiple different platforms, both club owned, like the web and app, but also social channels um, as well. So and what, it is a very, very... And one of the biggest, sorry, sorry, Michael. That's right. And, and, and the biggest leap for, for most of those um, continental countries is the Premier League, right? Um, given you know, potentially language things, La Liga may, may be in, in, in certain uh, regions. However, the Premier League is massive. And some of those countries, they're, they're football mad. And, and so Chelsea has to, I suppose, be at the forefront of that. They have to be a leader. Uh, and then it kind of leads quite nicely into my next question. question is, when you are facing competition... Uh, on a global scale, on, on teams like Real Madrid and, and Barcelona, Manchester United, uh, Bayern Munich, who are also reaching out for that new fan base, whether it be the, the, the States or, uh, as you point out, in, in Asia. How do you, how does a club like Chelsea kind of deal with that? What is, you know, is there a strategy? What is it that Chelsea do that kind of sets them apart from, from some of your competitors? Sure. Um, well, firstly, worth mentioning that we, we do have huge admiration for the work that the clubs you list do. Um, but we are very proud of the work that we do. And, and I know they, they have admiration for what we do. And we're in touch with most of the big clubs to kind of share ideas and, and exchange best practices, which, which surprises a lot of people, given we are competitors. But, but that does happen. Um, you know, I suppose one of the things we're very lucky um, about is that we're based in the most stylish part of probably the most vibrant city in the world, which certainly helps us. Um, you know, London certainly influences the world and you know, fans want to associate themselves with the values of the city. Um, and this has certainly uh, helped Chelsea become the most culturally uh, relevant or certainly one of the most culturally relevant football clubs uh, at the moment. Um, but it's my job, it's our job at Chelsea to leverage that and ensure that SW6 uh, within London um, and London itself is synonymous with the club in the same way probably Barcelona and Madrid are synonymous with the clubs um, within them. Um, you know, I think in terms of other things that set us apart, um, you know, we've got a fantastic young and diverse uh, playing squad, uh, many of whom are from the academy, as you know, uh, now the best women's team in the country. So we try and use their influence as much as possible to grow but you know clubs like Chelsea as, as the other clubs that you list um, you know we are innovative um, you know we are going into market and activating we are engaging our fans um, you know and whilst we come at, at it all from a, a position of strength clearly winning helps us um, we keep on doing it whilst many other clubs pull out um, and that's why we kind of increasingly reap the rewards of, of, of what we do um, I suppose to give you an idea of some of the stuff that we do, some of the initiatives that we're, we're quite proud of in the last you know, six months alone, we became the first club to launch a partnership in India with a Bollywood star, yeah, Arjun right. Kapoor, who's a big, a big Chelsea fan, and we, yeah. we launched a, a, a show with Arjun, um, which has been syndicated across TV broadcasters uh, recently. Um, you know, it's hit millions and millions of people, which is fantastic, and, and a great way in India to cut through is clearly playing on the influence of Bollywood and cricket. Um, so, so that's been a great success. Uh, we were also the first football club um, to launch a podcast in the US um, about six, seven months ago called Chelsea Mic'd Up, which is now uh, the number one soccer podcast in the whole of the US. So we're, we're very proud um, of that. More recently in China, we launched a live studio show 
um, through Weibo, which has been incredibly successful. We have an award-winning youth marketing proposition, uh, more supporters clubs in the world than anybody else. Um, you know, and I'm sure as a Chelsea fan, you've seen some of the great content coming out of, of, of the club as well. So, you know, we keep we have to keep innovating. Um, we keep reassessing and adapting and we're flexible to kind of what's happening culturally, socially as well um, to stay ahead. But it's certainly it's certainly difficult, um, you know, and, and when I talk about monitoring, we're not just monitoring our other clubs. Um, you know, we look at other sports organisations, other brands as well. Um, the likes of Nike, Adidas, Red Bull, Apple um, certainly lead the way in many areas and we're constantly benchmarking and seeking best practices uh, and analysing our own work to ensure that we can continue to grow um, as best as we can into existing markets, new markets, the UK market, you know, and so on. It's an interesting point. You made a point just then about, um, you know, well, coronavirus is a perfect example, but... Um, it seems, I, I'm interested to know, do, does a club like Chelsea, do, do football clubs in general, but a club like Chelsea, do you, is there a sense of kind of hecticness during this current sort of period of time in regards to sort of marketing activity? Because, you know, January, it was a normal season, you know, Chelsea are, you know, hanging around the fourth place mark, we're probably going to finish second, uh, maybe, <laughs> but and, and then everything kind of blows up, right? Um, so I, I suppose, you know, in a normal time and, and now, is there a kind of, are, are you hectic every week? You know, are things, is the feeling sort of internally that you, you, you're going from one thing to another, to another, to another? Or does the club have long-term strategies and that doesn't change unless something dramatic happens like coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question. We 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 have very clear medium and long term strategies. Um, you know, both as a business, uh, as a marketing team, but also as a global fan engagement team, um, which which underpins everything that we do. Um, and it does give much needed structure and calmness to what is, as you know, a, a, an incredibly crazy and hectic industry at times. Um, but it's also really important to be flexible and nimble. Um, you know, probably no more so than in our international markets where, you know, we need to be dynamic and evaluate our, our strategy regularly so we can react to changing trends, um, both so socially and, and culturally. Um, you know, in terms of the current current pandemic, it's, you know, it clearly, it, it clearly didn't, clearly wasn't in our, in our roadmap, um, you know, when planning out our, our strategy for the end of the season. Um, you know, and we've reacted uh, as we can. I, I think the club have done some fantastic community initiatives, you know, by way of supporting the NHS through meals and uh, through, through the hotel, as, long as, as well as our uh, relationship with Refuge to raise the profile and awareness of, um, of domestic abuse in this country during this time. But I think more importantly, being reactive and nimble enough to, to, though, to creating the content and connecting with our, our, our fans in a sensitive way. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say Chelsea are the, are the great example of, of uh, a, a company who have done this fantastically well. I think we, we've kept our head above water and we've done as much as a lot of other clubs have done. You know, I, I think probably the best example um, of how a brand reacted during the pandemic is probably Nike, um, you know, and using the pandemic as a basis for a marketing campaign is certainly dangerous territory. Yeah. Um, 
but I thought Nike really managed to ensure their uh, play for the world campaign was authentic uh, and reinforced the message um, that we all must do our bit and, and, and remain inside and play inside. I wouldn't um, knock um, you know, Chelsea too much. Well, you're not knocking Chelsea, but I think what uh, Abramovich did with, with the, the hotel and gave that up for, for the NHS staff was, was a massive, massive gift um, to, to the current situation. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And we're incredibly proud, um, you know, as, as staff members, but I'm sure you as a, as a, as a fan, as, as we've, we've had feedback from other fans, um, you know, of what the club have done in this time. Um, you know, and, and it is something, you know, at, at our core uh, is our community. And we're incredibly proud of not just the work that we've done in this space during this pandemic um, and how quickly we've been able to react um, yeah, yeah. at a very difficult time. But also throughout the year and before the, before the pandemic, you know, the, the, the Chelsea Foundation and the club, you know, do a huge amount in the community, not just the surrounding the area, kind of surrounding the stadium and in London, but, but all around the world. And that's incredibly important to us. And that's at the core of kind of everything that we're, that we're doing, um, you know, as a brand, um, you know, all across the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it makes, uh, and, and what Chelsea have done uh, as a fan, um, on the inclusion side of things, uh, from the Jewish community, uh, to race relations, etc. It's, it's been fantastic. It, it really has, and you know, it, it, it makes you proud to be a, a Chelsea fan. That you know, the club is working, and it, it, it doesn't feel like a PR exercise, right? It feel it feels from a fan's point of view, it feels very genuine, um, and and so it, it does make you feel proud to be a uh, a fan of a club, and that's that's all about engagement and retention, right? Yeah, totally. But I, but I think what's so impressive about you know Nike, but also Chelsea, is how the, this activity aligns with our fundamental brand values um, and really reinforces our, our kind of core purpose. Um, you know, for Nike, which is kind of still managing to inspire consumers, even in the midst of such a challenging um, kind of unusual circumstances. And for Chelsea, you know, having the community at our, at our core, you know, the first thing we wanted to do was, was you know, give back and do something positive, um, you know, and that, that underpins everything that we do, whether it is a pandemic or whether it is a, a an opportunity, cultural moment or, or social trend, we'll always try um, to align against our brand values and our, and our core kind of brand purpose. And it, and 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 that kind of conversation kind of leads quite nicely into, uh, I suppose, kind of the final question that I had for you. Um, obviously, we're connected on LinkedIn, uh, and I think certainly from my point of view, you were the first, your post was the first I, I saw of its kind. And that was someone within a football club has turned around and basically said, this was you. Um, I've got some time. If people want to have a chat to talk about the industry and how to get into it and advice and, and offer some expertise, your, your post was the first one I saw that. I saw other people do it. I, I don't know if it was you that started it or someone else, but there seems to be a really positive knock-on effect. Um, but I, I, I'm curious to know why you did that, you know, it's you know it, it, it's heartwarming it's lovely and it's nice and, and I just kind of wanted to know whether that was something you just thought you know given the times etc or was it a case of you know I've learned something here and it's a bit like myself I, I, I get similar sort of requests from university college leavers or people looking to get into the industry and I, I do it because I, I have the free time at two o'clock that afternoon so why not but you know I'm, I'm interested to get your point of view why, why do you do it and, and you know what was the Sort of yeah, I, 
I, I think um, there's a lot to be said for using what is a very difficult time at the moment wisely. Um, you know, and, you know, once the season kicks back in, everyone's going to be super busy and it's going to be increasingly difficult to connect with people. So, you know, uh, alongside speaking to, to students and kind of aspiring young marketers, I've used the time myself to connect with, with kind of senior people in the industry for, for you know, professional advice. Um, you know, I, I think I found with, with the kind of students or the young marketers, the response was really overwhelming. And I spoke to 30 people in the first week, um, which I was fortunate I was on annual leave that week, which, you know, what do you do on annual leave in lockdown other than, you know, get on the phone to people and try right. and share a bit of, bit of advice. But, you know, I spoke to everybody from, from, from students, you know, midway through uni uh, to CEOs of companies, to people who were fairly well established, who wanted to bounce a few ideas off me. Um, and it was great. Um, you know, I've been really lucky throughout my career from the beginning to this point to have some great advice from, from some fantastic people. Um, and I know how daunting it can be at the early stages of your career to break in um, and then to make a success of it um, in a very, what can be seen as quite a cutthroat, fast moving world. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to offer a bit of advice and a few pointers to, uh, you know, to people whether they wanted to ask advice about a CV or, or reassurances about the, the world of sport isn't going to end, um, you know, or simply just to talk about Chelsea and football for, for 30 minutes. But I just think it's really important that we never stop learning. Um, and knowledge and experiences are so, so important. And I've got great people in my network now that I speak to regularly. Um, and I just don't feel we would ever learn anything if we didn't, didn't connect. And I'd encourage more people to to do that um but it's you know it's worth mentioning that it's not totally one-sided i have learned a huge amount from the people i've spoken to and will continue to speak to um and let's not forget that you know the guys that are, are in the early stage of their career one day will be leaders right in sport and one day i might be knocking on their door asking for a job or asking for for, for some advice so you know i i think sometimes people have a tendency to, to kind of look and manage up and you know look at people who are particularly aspiring but we can learn a lot from everybody everyone has a different point of view in sport and um you know that was that was really at the core of of, of kind of why i did it and i'd encourage anybody in in a, in a situation where they, they they want to they want advice or to share some knowledge then please do reach out because i yeah. you know i've really really enjoyed the time i, I i'd agree i i get a real buzz from it just because you know people are either keen to get into the industry or understand how sponsorship works from my point of view or, or kind of, you know, understand, because I think a lot of people, and I, it's a reoccurring thing. People think that these football clubs are big and scary and people in them are big and scary and they won't talk to you. And it's not like that at all. You know, I, yeah. I have relationships with over 200 sports clubs and they're all really great people, you know? Um, so I, yeah. And I try to kind of ease people's tension and understand, let, try to help them understand how the kind of, how it works in, in the background. Um, and hopefully they go away with a kind of better sense of how, you know, how, how things work or how to get in and, and the rest of it. Yeah. So it's quite, yeah, it's quite nice to be able to, to do that. And it, like you say, yeah. it's, Sometimes it's a five-minute call. Sometimes it's, a, it's an hour. But if the time is available, well, why not? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Now's, now's a good time to do it. And a lot of people I spoke to just wanted validation that they, they're doing the right thing and thinking about the right things. And most of them were. 
You yeah. know, most of them, it was a simple conversation because everyone's on the right track and you just, sometimes you just need to be patient and have a little bit of luck. Um, but also in this industry, you need to persevere. You need to be resilient. You know, you need to, you might reach out to 50 people on LinkedIn and get two or three positive responses, but that's two or three that you may not have had before. That's, so, that's it. I, to, I, you know, I, I try to tell people it's a numbers game to a large degree. You, you may, you know, send a hundred messages and get nothing and give up. Yeah. But that 101 was the one that turned around and said, yeah, let's have a chat, you know. Um, so sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's numbers, sometimes it's, it's um, right place, right time, you know. So there are many different sort of reasons for these things. But I do sort of say to people, yeah, you know, you've got to do the hard work because people will say to me, oh, you know, I saw you done that deal, I've seen you done that deal. And I was like, yeah, but what you see on, on LinkedIn is the, the kind of success. What you don't see is me working three nights a week until 11, 12 o'clock because I'm doing conference calls to the, to the States. So, you know, and it's those things you kind of have to remind people it isn't all glorious. And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of graph that goes into it. But listen, it's, it's been fantastic to meet you, John. I've got one more question and, and, and feel free to not answer. Um, I wouldn't. But I, I always ask what football team people support. Now you work at Chelsea, it makes perfect sense to, for you to be a Chelsea fan. But would you like to explain yourself? Um, well, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, well, my dad took me to White Hart Lane um, for the first time when I was seven years old. And seeing Paul Gascoigne and Gary Lineker at that point was uh, enough to draw me in. So I've been a Spurs fan uh, ever since. Um, I, also did, I also grew up in North London. So you know, that's, that's, uh, that's my yeah. local team. I'm just hearing excuses. That, that's what I'm hearing. I know. I, I, I wasn't prepared for that. Sorry. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll think <laughs> to be fair, Gary Lineker, Paul Gascoigne, if, you, if that's what you sort of saw when you turned up at the stadium, I, you know, I, I can't really hold that against you, to be quite, to be quite frank. Um, and, but, you know, as I said to you sort of offline, um, I'm, I, I, Tottenham I'm okay with because we've got our, our own guy at Tottenham basically destroying it from the inside. You might know him, Jose Mourinho. Um, Mr. Mourinho, yeah. yeah. Give another 12 I know, months. I know, yeah, I know, Jose. I know Jose well. Um, you give it 12 months and I'll be doing Tottenham's championship front of shirt. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because during my, you know, as, as I was growing up, Chelsea and Spurs were never, never really in the same kind of conversations. And even when I started at Chelsea, there was not a, not a deep rivalry, certainly in, in, in my lifetime. Um, and then it clearly got a little bit more complicated um, as as Spurs improved and um, started challenging for those Champions League spots. But um, I mean, clearly, what, one, what, one saving grace, I suppose, for you and, and any Chelsea fans watching is that I hold Chelsea incredibly close to my heart. What can I say? As, as, as you should. Now, listen, John, it's been fantastic talking to you and a great insight into how the best uh, football club in the world works. Um, and no doubt we'll go strength to strength with, with, with you there. Um, so listen, John, thank, uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, and uh, I'll, 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 I'm sure people will enjoy listening to what you have to say. Great. Thanks very much, Michael. Great. Uh, and, oh, no. Hold on. Stop. <laughs>